I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up? Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. Today we got a lot to do. We are going to be talking about Godzilla vs. Kong spoilers and who won the fight. We have WrestleMania and TakeOver previews with some special guests coming to join us today in Karrion Cross and Scarlet. And we have to talk about the new Jupiter Legacy trailer. So I got a full crew helping me do all of this today. As you can see, my regular co-hosts are here. I'm Kofi Outlaw. Matthew Aguilar is here. What up? Janelle Wheeler's here. Hey, everybody. Connor Casey, one of our wrestling experts, is back from an undisclosed bunker location. <laughs> from parts unknown, Kofi. <laughs> and because I am a petty, petty man in some ways, I had to bring back an old friend of mine that is very specific to this Godzilla vs. Kong discussion. We have, you guys know him in our geek space as I mockery. Mr. Roger Barr is with us today. Oh, hi there. How's it going? I'm fine. And as I said, I, I mean, I'm here because I'm a petty small man in some ways. And I had to bring you back. Um, years ago, Roger and I did a show called Movie Fights. And this was around the time. I mean, this was before I think our episode was themed about uh, Pacific Rim 2 and theories about what how we would like to see that franchise continue. But uh, it came down to the uh, final round was you versus me. And the discussion topic was who would win in a fight between Godzilla and King Kong. And uh, you and I went at it pretty, pretty hard. So oh, for sure. now yeah. I had yeah. to kind of bring you back, and we got to revisit this. Now that the movie is here and it's out and uh, all things have happened, we're going to talk about Godzilla versus Kong, the fight, and uh, what all happened there. But um, first, let's knock out some uh, trailer talk. So the trailer for Jupiter's Legacy hit. As we were kind of coming into the studio today, this is the next project from, of course, Mark Millar, who you guys know from Kingsman and Kick-Ass and Wanted and, you know, all of these uh, famous or infamous comic book projects. So this one is Jupiter's Legacy, and it's about a – I'm not familiar with this property. I, I'm not the big Mark Millar reader. Uh, I'm sorry if do anybody that offends. How dare uh, you? That offends me. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Please don't care. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like I, I didn't. So I'm going into this cold and I'll say my thoughts for the end. Uh, let's hop over to uh, Matt, since you are a comic book expert. Jupiter's um, Legacy. What do you think coming to Netflix? I have been uh, while while Millard does have like the hot and cold thing. Sometimes uh, I tend to like a lot more of his stuff than I dislike. So I was especially with the Netflix stuff. I was hoping that I, I was really jazzed to see this trailer. I didn't know what to expect, but I was really jazzed. And then I saw the trailer. And it's it's a little rough, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of rough. And you know me, I don't like just like piling on things, but like it just doesn't there's just something off about it. Like there's some interesting concepts uh and I actually don't hate the costumes that they I think those look fine. Uh mm-hmm. but I just there's something there's something off about it, so I, I don't know. Maybe this is like another. I know there was like some not so great reactions to the first Suicide Squad trailer, and then the second one came, and people were more jazzed about it. So maybe that's the case here too. But it just looked like a it looked like a CW show. Um, I was sending you out here to die first, like as the first line of the infantry before I put <laughs> out my opinion. But okay, so I'm not alone. Yeah, I didn't dig this either. Um, I, it felt like a fan, like a fan video almost in a weird way. Like, like I've seen these on YouTube before sometimes and I'm like, you know, uh, and I'm not as interested then. But uh, yeah, it, it just felt like it had bits and pieces of things from other shows that we were now more familiar with. And maybe that's just because the genre is exploding on TV right now, but uh, not nearly done as well as anything. And even yeah. though I like some of the actors in the cast, I didn't see anything that made me be like, oh man, I can't wait to see him or her like, you know, doing doing this. But that's just me. 
Let's throw it over to uh, Janelle. How did you feel about this? I I feel like I missed something because I loved it. <laughs> That's good. We I, need contrast. Don't, don't let us don't let us yeah, <laughs> alter influence your opinion. Go it, ahead. It kind of is like a more superhero-y Umbrella Academy. I love the casting, like you said, Kofi. Um, I thought some of the visuals are really stunning, like the super punch with the bubble. There's there's a lot of really special moments, I think. But now you have me second guessing. It might be because I have I'm not familiar with the comic at all. Like I really I'm not even kind of familiar. Like I don't know anything about these characters. So for me, watching the trailer was really exciting. I was like, oh my gosh, more content about superheroes. This is a fresh perspective. It's kind of family. Like I got the whole background story just from the trailer. So like, do you know what it took for us to get to this island? And and it's been this amount of time since. And now it's a family dynamic a little bit with the kids. And I don't know, I'm very excited about it. This kind of got me really pumped uh, to check out and it releases the day before my birthday and i was like i'm gonna binge this on my birthday <laughs> you somehow made that sound very dirty i don't know how um but roger i trust you know everything about all this stuff so tell me what did you think and i know you you're oh. good about giving us straight shots here so what did you think about jupiter's legacy trailer um i, I will say like while i'm not you know, uh, someone who's really read the the comics. Uh, I am a fan of the artwork uh, in them. So um, the trailer did not honestly sell me on the series. Uh, I thought it looked fine. Uh, I, I agree the costumes are good. I, I thought the effects were fine as well, but it just seems kind of like a generic story to me. It's like, uh, you know, the, the kids, uh, uh, um, <laughs> they basically... Uh, have, have a lot to live up to their parents' legacy of you know, these parents who were superheroes, and now they have to live up to it. It's like it just feels like a tired storyline that we've we've kind of seen before. And uh, I, I just I'd rather watch another season of The Boys uh, uh, versus versus this. Uh, that's that's what it kind of came down to. Preach, uh, Connor. <laughs> you're one of our biggest. <laughs> Connor's one of our biggest fans of The Boys. So how, oh, I mean, you pointed sure. when Roger said that was that. Like, Wait, are we competing? Are no, we no, putting no. these next no. to each other? Because no. that's here's, a whole different thing. You know, here's no. here's the thing: the show <laughs> I, the show feels late to the party in that we're already kind of inundated with shows about hey, what would happen if superheroes existed in the real world? How would they interact in real life and normal social situations? With the boys, the message is hey, it'd be a disaster. We're kind of getting it with Invincible too, so this feels like we're just retreading a lot of the same ground that's been done really well elsewhere already. Yeah. And we we also have only but so much time in the day to watch shows and stuff. So True. I, I mean, in a way, they are competing with each other, right? Yeah. Like, uh, what what show do I want to spend my time? Totally on? different on demographic, this? though. Can we at least say that? Like uh, the boys, to some extent, for sure. I mean, it's definitely the boys is a little more. Mature, yeah, uh, yeah, but I don't know. That. Yeah. I don't know if this bridges the gap yet. Like, I don't see my parents sitting down and watching Jupiter's Legacy yeah, no, as opposed right to, that. like, skipping the boys or something like that. So I see where you're going with that, but I, I don't know what's there. I think, yeah, I don't think, you know, there's a friend of mine who always said, you know, you're either going to stand out if you're, like, really out front or really in the back, but in the middle is where you just kind of get lost. And it's just like, yeah, this is what it kind of feels like, right? Like, this is just kind of somewhere in the middle. And this could change, like Matt said, he left the door open with more trailers. We could get more perspective and tone and uniqueness out of this. But um, I'm, I'm kind of interested just from some of the ways I feel like this is constructed. Was this, like, was the bulk of this shot before COVID or was this shot during COVID protocols? Yeah. Like, like I think that's that's a weird effect we're having in a lot of shows and in and, and the films we're going to start to see that were produced under in that period because there is a little bit of a hollowness and like more of a spacious, you know, you know, the obvious protocols that they had to follow. So I'm kind of curious was, about that. I was also getting a little bit of uh, uh, Kurt Russell in Sky High with uh, Josh Jamal. Sky High's there. name has um, come up a lot. Uh, I, I kind of got just that, uh, the visual of it, uh, but I don't think it's going to be quite that fun. It seemed like it was taking more of a serious tone. Uh, you know, compared yeah, to Sky Sky so, I think. Uh, well, yeah, and I think that might be this might be like too serious for its own good. But um, all right, I think we got a good round of opinions on that. Uh, as we came in, a new teaser for Ghostbusters Afterlife dropped, and yes. they're putting their best foot forward with uh, Paul Rudd, Mr. Paul <laughs> Rudd, 
And um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, go on and check it out. It's on comicbook.com uh, movies. And basically the gist of it, it's about a minute long. And it's Paul Rudd shopping in a grocery store. And he's buying all kinds of not good, healthy foods um, and doing his hilarious Paul Rudd thing where this bag of marshmallows starts to freak out and becomes this little pack of Stay Puff Marshmallow Men. And they get up to some pretty absurd stuff, like uh, out of that Seth. What was that Seth Rogen movie? I always sausage party. Sausage party. Yes. Yeah, they get up to some uh, kind of sausage party hijinks. Oh, don't make that comparison. Other. That movie is trash. I mean, it, that, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that okay, but that scene feels a lot like sausage party. Oh, yeah. Marshmallow man roasting each other and burning each other butane torches and stuff to make s'mores. But um, it, I thought I was really hard because Ghostbusters Afterlife split this split this show pretty hard about a down the middle, I think. And I think this was more my flavor uh, than the first trailer was, which was kind of just like a nostalgia bake. This kind of did the nostalgia by reminding me, like if you go back and watch the first Ghostbusters in the earliest scenes, it is very much like a haunting spooky movie where people experiencing the paranormal in, in ways that are funny and spooky at the same time. And I feel like this kind of gave me that vibe again. And so I was with it. So, you know, I kind of enjoyed this one. Uh, Roger, you look like you had a strong opinion about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really liked it a lot. Uh, for starters, uh, I think part of what you're getting the old Ghostbusters vibe from is it actually was using the original score uh, from it in, in that ah. teaser, which which was very nice to hear. Um, so a nice little homage to it. But um, I loved all the mini state puffs. And I would, I would more compare them to uh, the antics of Gremlins, honestly. Uh, that's really what I was getting from them. Just the, just the chaos and just having fun. And I mean, they, they were loving it. I, I mean, you see one of them like literally wrap himself in chocolate to make a s'mores like a blanket. Like, I, I love that. And if you look closely while they're roasting on the grill, one of them does the Terminator thumbs up as it's melting down into it. I've watched it like 10 times already. So like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with all the little details uh, in there. So uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm all on board for it for sure. Can't wait to see more mini state puffs and i've already seen people's you know saying uh, out with baby yoda in with uh baby state puff so oh man the, the industry whoa, is whoa, harsh whoa whoa very industry quiet, is very hard. that in <laughs> industry, the industry is unforgiving matt what'd you think i look i'm i'm gonna be very apparent like very clear here i also love snow G's. And I love like Baby Yoda, and I love ridiculous. I love porgs. All right, like I like cutesy, weird animal things. <laughs> that's why. That's why I like. Okay, it's weird when I say it out loud like that, but whatever. That's what I like. So, as, as this was a done deal, like I was gonna, I was gonna like this, and I agree with you know with what Roger said. Like it's the fun, the the very meta ish you know stuff. Like we're very, we know what we're doing. We're gonna have some fun with it. Let's not take it too seriously. That's there's a vibe now i also i when you brought up the split thing i liked the first trailer i remember i was jazzed about afterlife after that i i'm i think both can you know you can have a world that sustains both of these flavors of both of these and i hope they combine and I, i'm i'm excited so i dug it janelle connor you guys have any closing thoughts for this big fan super cute love nostalgia uh, and it just looks awesome. Really, really great teaser. Good job. Paul Rudd, good Kansas City boy. Impossible for him to age. I love it. <laughs> That's true, right. man. That dude is we love like Jennifer Lopez. Nostalgia. We, love, <laughs> we love vampire people. Awesome. His skin is made of safe off marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to our main kind of big discussion topic here. Godzilla versus Kong. Um, we tried to talk our way around this, which was absurd last time before you guys had all seen the movie and we were all like, eh, eh, in your window, bleh, and we're getting mad about stuff we couldn't say. I finished now, it. Now we can go <laughs> off. Matt has finished it in, in all its scenes instead of just skipping through fights. But I mean, ironically, we are just going to really talk about the fights here. So um, at the end of Godzilla versus Kong, as we kind of predicted and said, this was going to cause a lot of debate by the way they kind of laid out this fight um and we're going to talk full spoilers rich if we need to alert people we're going to talk full spoilers about godzilla versus kong uh we're still getting yelled at on the site about people saying we're spoiling it too early like it's a week later i don't know it's on hbo max i don't know how much easier we can make this for people um but we're going to talk full spoilers of the godzilla versus kong so there we go 
There's our alert. Thank you, Richard. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, of course, they stage it. And this is true story, like full facts. We came down to the wire today of having Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard join us to kind of get in on this. And my first question to him was going to be, you know, getting into the dynamics of who got to determine this fight. And was it the actual writers and creators? What were the studio notes? And like, what were the inputs about how the parameters of how this had to go? Because Godzilla vs. Kong battle in three rounds. And there's even Alexander um, Skarsgård's character who commentates, you know, like round one goes to this person. Round two, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty on the nose. So um, Godzilla wins the first one. And at sea, Kong beats Godzilla for like a split second in the second round. Godzilla comes back in the third round and kind of pins Kong down and kind of makes him submit in the way that only uh, bestial animals and wrestlers can. Uh, so that was that. Now, here's the caveat that has a lot of people kind of up in arms. Yes, Godzilla won. I'm not going to sit here and be like a Godzilla winner denialist. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. But there are just some weird things. People just felt like this was a Kong movie really like in Godzilla was just kind of like force of nature person in it. And it was just kind of a weird choice to have Kong kind of lose this battle in this weird gray area. And I personally had some things because this is why I brought Roger on. So me and Roger's argument boiled down to <laughs> insane movie logic boiled down to him just pointing out Godzilla as an atomic powered killing machine with like unbreakable skin, basically um, all very salient and good observations And me arguing that, that the evolution of mammals and, and the growth of the opposable <laughs> thumbs. That was your <laughs> argument. For, yeah, for but, it, but I wasn't wrong because the opposable thumb allows you to use tools, which gave Kong the advantage to use that huge axe. Like, obviously, the filmmakers were also thinking like me. Um, mm-hmm. And my thing was, I thought, and I've rewatched this twice, and I think it's just weird that Kong is like this expert combatant in every other part of this movie except getting a hit on Godzilla with this axe, which he does once in the leg, which does hurt Godzilla. Um, But mysteriously, he can't pull off hitting Godzilla with his axe. Even when he hits him in the face somehow uh, versus the atomic blast, it doesn't hurt Godzilla. Fine. I feel like there were studio notes that were like, yes, we're going to have this fight, but don't you ruin Godzilla. Like, that's our franchise. Like, you know, put some respect on his name. So I I think Godzilla won with an asterisk, but I still think that given the intelligence and that opposable thumb that in the end, the apes return victorious. I guess only uh, fair. I give it to you, Roger, for a rebuttal to my nonsense. Go for it. You can go off. Okay. All right. All right. Well, first off, I do agree. This was a very concentric uh, film. And I honestly thought because of that, it, it might end up with them handing the victory to Kong. Um, so um, I am a, I'm a fan of both monsters. I like Godzilla more for sure, but uh, I love both of them. Um, Kong, uh, it, first off, their their first battle was at sea, you know, so Godzilla definitely had the advantage, you know, that's like his home turf and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the only reason uh, Kong even survived is because the humans kind of saved him and they, they, for some reason, turning off an aircraft carrier makes Godzilla think everything is dead. Uh, I didn't know that's how it works, but apparently it is. Um, then, Wizards then, weren't smart, Roger. They weren't smart. Yeah. That's why. They're, <laughs> yes, that's why. That's why they fell off. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then uh, they 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 for some reason we we have a journey to the center of the earth, uh, and uh, um, we have Kong retrieve his axe. Um, I thought this was kind of a mistake, honestly. Like, um, first off, you know if. If you're going to have the two of them battle, Kong shouldn't need a weapon. It should just be mano a mano, nothing else involved. Um, what I really would have liked to see, you know, talking about those opposable thumbs, I wanted to see uh, Kong actually rip one of those dorsal plates off of Godzilla and construct an axe with it. That would have been badass. Oh, that would have been dope. That would have been <laughs> so cool to see in the film. Yeah. And That's what I thought was going to happen with the previews. I mean, you ain't never, I mean, yeah. you're not lying yeah. about that. Right. So that, I think that would have been an excellent use. Um, yeah. Round two, he, he knocked him down for a bit, but, and they just quickly cut away to more stuff. Um, we're not even, we also have to remember that Mechagodzilla is in this. And I honestly, I was not a fan of how Mechagodzilla looked. He looked like a little too 
thin and skeletal. It was just a weird like Michael Bay's Michael Bay's Mecha yeah, Godzilla. Yeah. Exactly. That is exactly what I, I got out of it. So, um, but uh, then you know the final round between uh, Kong and uh, Godzilla. I mean, it was it was very obvious. You know, they they'd say from the beginning there would be a definitive winner in this and all that. And uh, again, um, the human saved Kong and uh, you know gave him a jump start so Kong could team up with Godzilla to defeat Mechagodzilla. You know, Godzilla powers, supercharges his, uh, his axe, and uh, that's when the axe really came into play um, more, more than uh, against Godzilla himself. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy Godzilla won because, you know, I always said, you know, uh, you know looking at, like, their, their original characters, Kong was a, a creature who climbed buildings. Godzilla was a creature who stepped on them. So... But this is a completely different universe, and they're both equal size in this one, and I totally accept that. That's great, mm. and it's it's fun seeing them fight. But considering all the other massive monsters Godzilla has defeated, like Kong doesn't even really rank that I, high to me. I will um, admit that so. that was a little that was a little underwhelming in the scorecard because if you see the beginning opening credits, it's a scorecard of like who they beat and almost like you know final four tournament style when it comes to the two of them matching up. And, uh, I mean, Godzilla racked up more bodies, more impressive bodies on his scorecard. I mean, I can't argue that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the whole thing, it just felt like a studio group got in to see how they could make everybody feel a little bit good coming out of this. Because you can see in the comments right now, people are like, whoa, Kong beat Mecha Godzilla. Kong did it. Like, and other people are like, nope, Godzilla clearly yeah. did it. So if everybody, you get a win and you get well, a win. Kong right. has a more human touch to him too, you know, uh, he, he, that's kind of always like his, you know, Godzilla is just more like this, this mysterious sea creature who comes, you know, to save us, uh, but doesn't really, you know, necessarily, you know, uh, he, he's just more than like there to assert his dominance. Kong actually has more of a tragic backstory and everything. And it's like, oh, his humans kind of messing with his life though, which is yeah. uh, kind of the sad truth about Kong. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's always fun to see you know titans like that battling on screen, and I I wish there was more of it in the movie. Honestly, I mean, you know, I I, I like you know some of the you know casting choices on this. I, I love seeing uh, Brian Tyree Henry in it. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Atlanta, and so just seeing Paperboy go completely opposite on this show was uh, in this film uh, was, was pretty fun. But still, I mean, we're that the human stories are always just you know just like you know, a, a little tool to get us to the next battle between the monsters. And I still would have loved more screen time for a Godzilla for sure. In this one, it yeah, it needs to be a rematch. Very, very content. I, I think there will be because it's, it's been so, uh, yeah, it's doing well. I, see, I don't, I don't know if it'll be a rematch. I think they'll team up against some bigger threat. Uh, Cause now that they, they understand Kong understands that Godzilla's, you know, not the enemy. Mecha Godzilla was just a baby. And so he's going to be even right. bigger in the next one. Ooh. Right. And they still have Ghidorah's skull to Mecha uh, Ghidorah. You know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap it up. Uh, other comic book nation crew, you guys have any uh, parting thoughts you want to get off your chest about this fight? Technically, Kong now holds the title for head kaiju because Mecha Godzilla took it from Godzilla and Kong beat Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> Wrestling now rules. He's the champ. Wow. Wrestling rules. Wow. Wrestling well, rules, baby. Done. Okay, Matt or Janelle? Well, I, I can't follow that. That was perfection. I have yeah. props. That's cool. And if I if I start down something because something really annoyed me about like people debating who was the hero and villain of this, Godzilla is Bucky Barnes. All right, in Winter Soldier, yeah. yes, he was manipulated, but he was also wrong. So he's a villain. Kong's the hero. Get wait, off. Wait, why was he wrong? He, what do you oh, mean he's Matt. wrong? He was easily manipulated <laughs> and didn't and didn't like <laughs> think they have a whole Martha moment. Don't get me started on that. I was like, Save oh hey, let me breathe heavy and I understand. I said I would get on this. I don't want to. All right, we gotta shut this down. Before you take us down the rabbit hole, we gotta go. We got special guests joining us today. I want to thank Roger for joining us and uh Amen. helping me set settle my pettiness and, Thanks, Roger. and give him a victory lap here because uh I mean he yeah. almost won. So thank you, Roger. It was a blast. Uh, glad to be here, and uh, I'm I'm actually hoping uh, now that we're we've seen Stay Puft, we're going to see Godzilla and Kong versus Stay Puft. Uh, that's my hope. For the <laughs> ah, yeah, it's all possible in a WB universe. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are being joined by Carrie and Cross, Scarlett. We are going to talk wrestling, WWE, NXT, and we're going to get their thoughts on this Godzilla versus Kong fight as well. So stay tuned for that.
Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right. We are back, Comic Book Nation. Matt, we have some special guests that you and Connor helped line up for us today. Why don't you take it from here and do the introductions? Awesome. Well, uh, of course, we're going to continue our Godzilla versus Kong discussion a little bit. Uh, but this is also a huge week for wrestling fans because, of course, we have NXT TakeOver Stand to Deliver and WrestleMania 37 all in the same week, which is nuts. So who better to talk about it with than TikTok NXT superstars Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Hey, Welcome to the show. What's, What's up, guys? I, we need like a big like Kofi's little clap is so that was that was, was a good clap. And we need like a big like we need audience noise. That's what we need for the show. Yes, thank there, you. There it is. It's fitting. It's awesome. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for joining the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. So uh we just got into a big discussion about Godzilla versus Kong, but uh, you know, there's a there's some interesting uh, opinions here about who was the hero, who was the villain, who really won the fight. Uh, I know you got to see the movie, so what do you think about all that? Well, to me, it seemed like Godzilla won the fight. It's, it's kind of hard to it, debate. It seemed that. that way. I mean, it was pretty it was pretty cut and clear to me. Uh, I feel like Kong had his two rounds, and he got knocked out both rounds. However. I mean, and I guess we're going to the spoilers, but um, <laughs> full spoilers. Without, yeah, I mean, without Kong in the film, um, maybe the world would have ended. So. <laughs> Thank I you. Training. I was training, so I didn't get to see the movie. Um, I was at the gym while he was watching it, and he liked it so much. He's like, "We'll watch it again together." But Godzilla's always, but always been my favorite, and he's a lizard, so for sure he won. I don't even see it, but I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> A go. lot of people Scarlet, agree with you on that. You're shattering my whole theory. I just went on this whole thing about how mammals and thumbs and gives us the edge and all Kobe's that. not a fan of lizards. Uh, no, I'm not. I, I really don't. I'm really not. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're unfinished mistakes, but we eliminated them on the evolutionary <laughs> battle. And now we stand triumphant with our thumbs and all. But, you know, it's an opinion piece. It, it, everybody, I, I got to respect the Godzilla. I mean, I, I said I'm not going to be a Godzilla win denier. I, I have to acknowledge who won the match. Release the I, Godzilla I say, cut. Uh, I was actually, uh, Ron Stroman and I were talking about this when the trailer dropped, and I was like, man, I don't know if it'll be this movie, but at some point they have to put Mecha Godzilla in these films. Because we, we grew up on that. I was part of that generation. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen when I was a little kid. And uh, man, when, when we saw it, when, when I saw it, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that was like mind-blowing to see how well that was done in the film. I was going to say, I was going to ask what you thought of, like, the design and if, like, Godzilla got the – who gets credit for taking down Mega Godzilla? Is it Kong or Godzilla? Uh, complete Kong. In, 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 my, in my view, I mean, King Kong was the guy. If he didn't go into Hollow Earth, he didn't get the weapon, all of that. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a, bit, of a, it was a bit of a tag team effort, but, you know, I think Kong delivered the final blow. Carrying cross, man of the people, said it better. <laughs> there you go. You heard it. Uh, awesome. Well, of course, we got to get to some uh, takeover. And, uh, you know, one of the things here is that this is a match uh, between you and, and Finn that people have been waiting for ever since you had to relinquish the title that you never lost. And so, you know, I know that was one of those like bittersweet moments, right? Because yes, like there's, it's so cool to have won the title and hold that championship, but you had to step away because of an unfortunate injury. You know, 
does all kind of overcoming all those challenges and getting to this point again, does that make this win sweeter? Yes, it does. Um, in a strange way, I feel like that whole entire thing uh, just happened yesterday when I when I won the championship for the first time and uh, separated my shoulder. And, you know, when you're in the moment and you have all that adrenaline, you have no idea how bad it looks. So I was thinking, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I can if I can fool everyone backstage <laughs> that this didn't happen because obviously my immediate concern was they were going to pull the belt off me. So at the end of the show, I'm walking back up the aisle and Triple H is, is meeting me halfway and the look on his face. So I was like, oh yeah, there's no way I can hide this. There's a giant bone sticking out of my neck. Um, so, he tried to hide it by holding up the belt with that arm too. When you go back, I was like, you know, I was like, oh no, I'm going to raise it with the arm that I hurt. I was like, let's see if I can do this. That was the heaviest belt, the heaviest thing I've ever actually lifted in my entire life. But yeah, with the shoulders separated, I did raise the title. And um, our ref, uh, who got cued from production at the time, he was like, hey, production says, don't do that again. Lift the belt with the other arm. <laughs> so, you know, coming full circle, these are all the little things we never talk about, but hey, why mm -hmm. not? You know, I mean, like, psychologically, I'm past it. Um, but I mean, it's, it, you know, it's something that I'll be living with for a long time. And I'm looking forward to really putting it past me tomorrow night. Um, I have every single intention to become NXT champion once again. We have a very good game plan. And uh, we're pretty certain it's going to work. You're me he's mentally and physically stronger than ever. Like we were saying after that injury that he that old part of him, he's he's dead. He's gone. It's like a new, stronger, better carrying cross. So you guys are all going to get to see that tomorrow night. Absolutely. That's a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked. And, uh, you know, what's better than one piece of championship gold? I feel like two is is great. So, you know, Scarlett, if to complete the set, so to speak, uh, is pursuing the NXT Women's Championship something you want to do? Is that something kind of uh, on your radar? I want everything. Yeah. I want everything. I want to do everything in this company that I can possibly do. I love what I'm doing right now. Managing is actually my passion, but I love wrestling too. And I've been training this entire time I've been here. And uh, WWE is the very last wrestling company I ever want to wrestle for. And I want every single title. I want to work on every show. I, just, I want everything. You heard the sacrifices. You're not even watching Godzilla vs. Kong. She's training. She's <laughs> yeah, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but no. <laughs> Kofi, you want to in? Yeah, I want to say, you know, one of the thing is, I, I funny enough started kind of picking up on you guys like right before you signed WWE through social media. And it was because it was something about the way you guys present that reminded me like, this is like real comic book level super villain persona that I'm seeing here. And I was like, man, it's been a long time since I feel like I've seen that in wrestling. I was an 80s kid. I grew up when, you know, this was all one culture, geek stuff, comic books, WWF. And I was like, I feel like some of that theatric has been missing from wrestling. And I was like, just wondering, what made you guys decide to take the heel role and really just bring it up to that comic book supervillain level that you guys do so well? Well, so when her and I were assessing what we were going to be dealing with in terms of other performers and the brand and, and WWE itself, to us, WWE has always been about larger than life, always. And, you know, very much like your own assessment, we were kind of like, there seems to be some of that you know putting it politely that level of theatrics there it, it's it's not the way it was when we were growing up watching it and being in love with this and we thought this would probably be the best way for us to contribute to the current product is to create something fresh and original with nods to the things that we liked growing up about it um, and do our best with the most sincere energy to try to project something like that on the people's televisions. Um, we have taken inspirations from comics. Obviously, you guys being comic fans, you can see it in our work. That's that's not like uh, your mind playing tricks on you. That's that's your intuitive nature and your intelligence seeing that in, in the work. Um, I We've both been inspired by a lot of stuff. Me personally, um, uh, I would say Watchmen. There's a lot of Watchmen in my work with the Cold War and the clocks and Doomsday. All of that's there. Um, there's a little bit of DC stuff. What about you? I mean, you have some. You have some I was too. I was gonna say it just feels so good to be bad. I mean, there's there's a part of that that I wouldn't even say is 
Yeah, it's a lot of a character, but I mean, we're, we're I feel like we're larger than life every day. Um, I was a theater major and I don't know, it's it's definitely a part of who we are and we get to, I don't know, get all your aggression out in, in, in a real life setting and not and you get to get away with it. It's amazing. So I don't know, I, I love being a heel. It's really awesome. It's perfect balance. You guys are supremely evil, but you love and tender with goats. And I was like, man, who doesn't love this kind of stuff? Like, that's awesome. a great, yeah, that's great stuff. It's great balance, man. Bring that's the evil a, back that's to the tagline to this episode, by the way. Goats are awesome. <laughs> it goes under all the tweets. Um, you know, kind of piggybacking on on that. You know, you guys because you guys kind of it feels like you came in with this vision already in your heads. You know, how open was NXT to all that? Kind of creatively were they kind of down from the beginning really open i the both of us kind of like made a pact with each other when we were going to be you know before we come into wwe we we're like let's just be as transparent as possible with our creative ideas and efforts and let's just see where we land i think a lot of people in our industry have a lot of uh, strange preconceived notions that, that their ideas might get squashed or might not be taken seriously or might you know people might not be interested to hear about them we didn't approach our experience with the company like that at all and it's been amazing like and some people aren't as good i've noticed at uh explaining what they even want to do and i think maybe that's why i mean we, we were very we knew what we wanted right away um we knew we wanted to uh evolve you know who we were before and just be like the bigger better version and they uh, they understood completely and i feel like it's the best it's ever been and we're having the most fun we've ever had yeah absolutely yeah. that's awesome hey hey guys uh carry on uh, a couple months ago uh, Randy Orton called you out on Twitter and just said, hurry your ass up to Raw and let's make some money. Um, a guy like that who's been around for that long, what was your reaction to seeing someone that high up directly call you out and say, hey, we need to do business together? Uh, I was really flattered. I was really flattered. He doesn't have to acknowledge anybody. Um, the guy is uh, is one of the greatest of all time, third generation. Everybody knows his story. Um I guess he saw something that night and, and decided to put it on blast. So uh, I can't wait to work with him. Uh, when the time is right, I'll be up there. I think a lot of people are looking forward to that. And the other one, uh, before WWE, you were in blood. I saw you at a blood sport event and you kind of went viral a little bit by just calling out Dave Batista saying, get in here, let's fight. Um, we never actually saw anything come from it, but did he ever reach out to you? Did he ever like say, be like, hey, what's up? No. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. You did that on a whim too. You just felt like it. Yeah, I was yeah. just in the moment, and I didn't even—I didn't even tell Josh about it. Actually, I was just like, I don't know, man. I was, I was there, yeah. and I wanted it to be real. That show uh, when we were there uh, is is as real as it gets. And um, I was just thinking to myself, actually, right before the curtain, it just kind of popped up in my head, and I was like, well, he's legit. He has a legitimate background. He'd be awesome here. You know, and I felt like a lot of people felt like um, Dave Batista still had, you know, more in him, um, you know, than when, you know, at the time when he retired, a lot of people were kind of bummed that he was retiring. More people wanted to see him. I certainly wanted to see more of him. And I thought, you know what, like, maybe sometimes people just need an invite to come into some place <laughs> rather than to just knock on the door. He would be awesome at Bloodsport. He can do all of that stuff. He had an MMA fight. He's been training, uh, I believe, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu for a long time. He has stand-up. And um, I just had finished competing against John Moxley. That went very well. I kind of did the same thing to Moxley. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Moxley and I had some symbolism that was very similar. Um, so I was like, well, he's a free agent. I'm a free agent. You've always asked for what you wanted. You're yeah. very, very direct just, just person. Be a man. Just be a man. Be a man. Be a man. Be a man. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because, um, you know, when we – I, I know – Karen wants to play cyber in a superhero film in the MCU at some point in time, which by the way, if that does not happen, it is blasphemy. Just like Kong losing the Godzilla. The crime against humanity. <laughs> <laughs> it is a crime against humanity. It is. Uh, so, you know, kind of going from there, Scarlet, is there someone that you would want to play uh, in the Marvel DC universes or someone that pops in your mind? Oh man. You, oh, I, I've mentioned too many. That's the problem. That's I, I, I see so many. Which one? Which one do you think would be perfect for me? Because there's a lot of them. That's the thing. Like I, there's a lot of ones I like. So for Marvel Universe, I think she would be. We're talking Marvel, right? Get yeah, her. Marvel or DC, but yeah, Marvel works too. Okay, for Marvel, I would love to see her play the White Queen. 
we've talked about this so many times. Yeah, White Queen would be awesome. Um, I get Black Canary a lot. That's, that's wow. Yeah. I get a lot, but yep. you, you've been telling me that I should. Yep. Yeah. If you want to do some really crazy work, maybe Shiva would be really cool to play. We, I don't think Shiva's been in the film yet. No. Uh, Funny no. enough, not to interrupt, but as soon as you said White Queen, somebody in the comments dropped in Emma Frost yeah. almost at the exact <laughs> same time. Yeah. yeah. We're not the only ones. No, apparently, apparently not. Yeah. Emma Frost is one of my favorite characters. So that would, yeah, that would be amazing. And Black Canary is great. Too. I don't think Shiva has been done in the movies, correct? Kof? I believe so. Yeah, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's happened yet. Though there's been like, you know, I feel like. There's like 90 timelines in the DC movies, so I don't even, it's hard to keep track <laughs> these days. Uh, Kofi, did you want to jump in? Um, I mean, I would just ask if you had to land in a DC movie universe right now with all this being debated, would you go Snyderverse or whatever comes after Snyderverse? Oh God, I knew you were going to ask this. Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I really enjoy both. I'm not trying to cop out of the question. I enjoy both. I watched the Snyder Cut. I watched the original one. I, I'd be happy to do either or, but Maybe because Snyder has some really good momentum, it might be a good idea to you know <laughs> jump into that. He's, I mean, what he did with that with that cut was absolutely awesome. It just uh, it felt different, had a different mood. It's darker, obviously. As you know, her and I as performers, we kind of drift into that. We think that we can pull it off um, in a way where people will enjoy it. So, I guess I'd have to say something. Oh, you just made Kofi the happiest person on the planet. <laughs> Janelle, did. do you want to hop in? Oh, gosh. I was just thinking Black Cat for Scarlet. Yep. I just, like, I I, uh, I would just love to see. I, Scarlet, I think I have a girl crush on you. You're just so amazing. And, like, so I just much. really want to thank say you. thank you. Just thank you for coming on the show and chatting with us because you guys are awesome. I'm, like, I, I'm new to the wrestling world, and I get really um, – I kind of geek out and fan out with you guys, like more than with, you know, directors and comic book artists. And I just, I respect what you guys do so much. And I just thank the world of you. I think a good question for me, because I do have a lot of like Twitch friends on the platform. Do you guys stream at all? And do you want to plug any of the streaming that you do? I don't know. I don't either. Um, contrary to what people would believe, we're like, when we're not at work, we just like completely shut down and are very grounded and very real world. We mm -hmm. like being outdoors and stuff like that. Like we save all of our energy for what you see on NXT. Uh, all of our energy very much goes in that direction unless there's like some sort of side passion project or something like that. Um, we love art and nature. So I mean, uh, that's where a lot of our time kind of goes when we're, when we're not on television doing what we love. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. I love it. I love art and nature as well. <laughs> Chanel, you're awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, of course, uh, I know you guys got to run soon, but uh, we have to get to, of course, uh, TakeOver. So, of course, uh, it is happening tonight. Can't believe it's here already. It kicks off tonight uh, on USA Network. And then, of course, uh, it will also be simulcast on Peacock. And then Night 2 hits exclusively on Peacock tomorrow night. And so, of course, you are taking on Finn Balor. But looking at the both nights, both cards, aside from your match, because I feel like, of course, duh, that's the focus. <laughs> that's your focus. Uh, what is the match you feel like you're looking forward to just watching the most? For TakeOver or Mania? For TakeOver. Man, there's a lot of good ones. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with uh, Kyle O'Reilly yeah. and Adam Cole. That's a, a very intense situation. Uh, I'm a sucker for no rules. So as soon as you tell me that, I'm immediately sold. I want to see exactly what's going to happen when the referee, you know, has to take a step back and just let things play out. That's total chaos. Um, yeah, that's, that's everything. Everything he just said, like, I, I just like chaos and violence. So yeah, we're sold. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we would be remiss to not mention WrestleMania 37, which happens the two nights after SmackDown, man, this is a crazy week. So that yeah. happens then. Uh, is there one on either of those two nights that has your interest the most? Rhea Ripley. Woo, Rhea Ripley. That's how I'm rooting for. Absolutely. Rhea and then um, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. I'd like to see how that plays out. That's going to be intense. And definitely Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Uh, riffing on that real quick, because you guys also have uh, experience in the fireballs 
and some of the supernatural stuff. And you've been seeing what they've been doing uh, with Alexa Bliss and and Fiend and the burned crisp person that he <laughs> that he is now. Uh, you know, is that something like? I mean, good lord, would you? ever be open to some kind of cinematic match with all of you guys in the ring? I feel like that would be epic. Book it now. <laughs> Book it right now. <laughs> Let's do it. Nice. Yes. Every single time we see things go extra supernatural with them, we just look at each other and we're like, excellent. <laughs> Chaos, check. Violence, check. Let's go. Uh, Connor, do you want to jump in with Amy? Uh no, I'm good, man. I just can't wait to see what you guys what you guys pull out. Um, carry on. Do we? Uh, Finn has ever since he started the second run, his matches have gotten more violent. Uh, I don't think he's gotten out of one without bleeding. Um, for the fans at home, how violent do you expect this match to get? I mean, there's a chance I could pull his head off of his neck. <laughs> well, that'll it's, do it. It's going to be violent. All kidding yeah. aside, it, it is, it is going to be violent. I I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am going to cut the ring off. I'm going to put him in a corner. I already know what he's going to do. He's told everyone he's going to try to run the clock. He's going to try to get me tired. He's going to try to get me emotional. I slip in a banana peel. I'm going to tell you something. None of that's going to happen. Okay. That's, that is a, that is a fairy tale comic book narrative. Okay. Uh, what's going to happen is real life. He's going to get blasted. Every single time I touch him, he's going to see a white flash. This is going to be a nightmare and it's never going to end until I say it ends. And I'm taking back that title. Fantastic. Man, if I could like, man, if I could end the podcast right here, we're not going to. But man, that is like a perfect. That's the send off, right? Yeah, that just like ends it. Uh, well, I thank you guys so much for jumping on to the show. Of course, if you want to see that match, you can check it out during night two of NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver, which will be exclusively available on Peacock and then WWE Network internationally everywhere else. Thank you guys so much for joining the show, and uh, cannot wait, cannot wait to see what happens. Yeah, the evil to come. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. That was Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, really love this, guys. Their, their whole act is really great and kind of even pulled me into wrestling again uh, for all the work that Connor and Matt did not do. I'm just messing with you guys. All <laughs> right, Matt, you're still on. You're still in the driver's seat, Matt, because uh, now we got to move over to comics this week and get into uh, what we were reading. Boo! Yeah. So uh, I feel like uh, it would be remiss to not start with King and Black. Uh, so the big finale is finally here. We've been digging King and Black here for for a minute on the show. If you've been following along, and uh, this was nuts. This was nuts, and like the. Uh, to me anyway, uh, the best way. Uh, of course, we are getting into spoilers. So if even if you don't see the spoiler tag, spoilers from here on out. So if you haven't read it yet, don't don't spoil it for yourself. Because I feel like it's it's actually worth it. Um, yeah, you definitely got to read this one. Yeah, so give you a moment. Okay, so moving into this, of course, we left off with Silver Surfer and Null kind of facing down each other. And then from here, this this is very much like all of the best parts to me of this event in one issue you get you get the heart with eddie brock and and dylan and some of that stuff and then you just get all out action gorgeous action uh with you know simiots flying everywhere and crazy combinations of weapons that i did not see coming because i thought that was like that felt like almost straight yeah. out of like a masters of the universe yeah, <laughs> you, couldn't, you could not read this one on comiXology with that cinematic view you had to you had to it keep was, it open full page. It was, it was so good so yeah i mean i i dug it. i thought it it brought things to a satisfying close and left the door open for what these events are supposed to do is kind of introduce a hook for the next phase of that character that is compelling. And I thought here making him the new King in black was, I think it was a natural next step. And uh, the whole thing with Dylan, I thought was really good. So that was me. I know Janelle loves the series. So I'm, I'm very interested to hear what she thinks. I do. Um, so I've actually been going in and reading all of the other books as well. I thought you'd be really proud of me. I'm that. so proud. The only one I have yet to completely read is, is it Namor? I hope I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. Is his, his, am I saying that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so this was such a great conclusion for me. Um, I would have liked to obviously see a couple more characters um, involved in the takedown at the very end, like because I read so many of these sub stories and these other 
things. So I would have liked to have seen like them included in the last book. Um, but beyond that, I just think it was really well done. The entire series was just really, really beautiful, super interesting. I would love to see Noel in a film. I would love it. Uh, I would love to see all of, like the Avengers and and just everyone come together and take down Noel. I'm a big fan of this villain, and um, and like the hive mind is so interesting to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm very excited to see. Are they going to showcase Venom as now the new King in Black? Like, is there going to be a series? Has it been confirmed? Or yeah, I mean, Venom is still going. Yeah, yeah, his ongoing his series. Is it, so. Isn't it? So that that's was- going to be sick. Like, it's going to be awesome to see like him keep going and where he goes from here. And hopefully like, you know, we'll see a lot of Dylan and I just, I really couldn't hope for more. They did a great job and I really enjoyed the entire thing. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. by the way, Sony read this series and was like, Oh, money. That's all they, that's all they saw. Like in five years or whatever, they get all that carnage all that stuff happens like how this doesn't get turned into a movie. I'll be surprised. I don't, I don't understand how it doesn't. So yeah. Kofi, what'd you think? Um, I had a, just a slightly opposite. I liked it like Janelle, but I liked it for the opposing reason. I thought it was, I liked it a lot better that we kind of scaled things down to make Eddie Brock and Dylan and Noel the kind of center of this finale, because at the end of the day, this was supposed to be a venom story and his kind of, big i mean this is venom's biggest event moment in the marvel universe to date um yeah so i was happy that they managed to do it and and i was happy because we had said this is like the one marvel event of the last year that feels like it's an actual big scale event and they really they really stuck the landing on that front because like i said if you're reading this on comiXology or something like that, like this isn't one where you can zoom into each panel because you had to really get the full scope and like it's just splash page after splash page after splash page of, you know, everything you could see. I mean, there's a like anything you could want in a finale of a Marvel fight is one of the best I think I've read. I mean, there's a symbiote like celestial. Uh, yeah, you said oh, uh, right, Thor's yeah. hammer. Thor's hammer. Yeah, there's so much part. you forget about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Thor's wait. hammer and Silver Surfer's board get forged into a new weapon together. Noel gets thrown into the sun like that. You know, like some some Superman stuff. Like it, it's and and then you get this kind of twist at the end where they made you think like Venom would be like this weird god of light or whatever that was thing, and it's like nope, it's the opposite thing. Now you're the king in black. Like it's the it's basically the ending of Juice, right? You got the juice now. Like, <laughs> um, what so a, what a comparison. Yeah, right. Um I'm Eddie Brock Tupac. Anyway, oh so sticking on task here. So yeah, I mean, and it's exciting because now Venom doesn't have to just command his symbiote other. He's got a whole race and army to command and lead in what does somebody with the quest and it, it's a chance to take Eddie Brock to his original kind of intrigue, which is this skewed Spider-Man, right? Like yeah. he wants to be Spider-Man, but he's so morally kind of compromised that he always gets it wrong. And so how does that look when he has an entire symbiote army at his disposal? You're like he's going to maybe try to help the world, but is that going to go well? Like, you know, yeah. So, and it also puts a very great big target on his back, but now we know we like King and black can be a, you know, passable title yeah. as, as such if somebody kills you. <laughs> so, you know, true. <laughs> yeah, um, new stakes. Um, yeah, everybody's gunning. You know, it's Game of Thrones style. Like everybody's gonna be gunning for the guy on the uh, symbiote throne. So, yeah, interesting stuff. And I- I'm happy that Marvel nailed the landing and made like you know one of the better event series that I've read in the last year. For sure, Connor. What do you think? Did you have a chance to read it? Man, I have been so inundated in WrestleMania coverage that I am woefully behind on comics. Sorry. Cannot. No. Cannot blame you. But if you are going to catch up on something. This would be a series to so definitely. Should I start up. from number one of Donny Cates' Venom Run, or should I start with this event proper? Like, what's um, the real starting point here? It is great context for things, but in no way is needed. They do no. a very good job of breaking down. Yeah, what, I would start. Uh, absolute. What was it called? Absolute Carnage. Carnage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you really just got to start there, but I think I would read the Cates Run because it it has like I mean this is pays off. 
if you read it all, it, it does have the characterization and the depth and the and the kind of oh, sure. build up that makes this a much better read. Like um, this but, was even it was even awesome that they addressed that whole issue of falling here. Where there's that one sequence where he's like, yeah, and you'll fall. And he falls way down. And he does the exact same thing that we we even mocked for happening in that other issue. It was like, literally, he falls the entire issue. What the heck? And they even, like, have a fun jab at that one's here, which I, I just thought was cool. So, yeah, it is definitely rewarding. And Absolute Carnage was also, I think, our favorite Marvel event of that year. Yeah, that it was good. Out. Yeah, so they're both excellent. Um, but I do think it does a, a good enough job in that opening, like, two-page spread of that first issue – to if you don't have the time or don't want to dive in, you can you can get enough to understand it. Um, okay. So Kate's has done a really good job though. So uh, going to the polar opposite of, of King and Black, uh, everyone knows here I'm a Green Lantern mark. Uh, I love Green Lantern and uh, Green Lantern post future state finally launched um, with uh, Jeffrey Thorne and Dexter Soy uh, at the helm. Um, I this issue could not feel more different than. The because the future state stories were very much like had three different stories, all seeing the different lanterns without their powers and stuff like that. But I thought it was really fresh at the time and I thought it was interesting. So here things kind of sort of go back to the status quo. But I love uh Kelly, who is Teen Lantern, is the kind of injection of chaos into this mix, uh, which I love because the main lantern, uh, thank the Lord, is not Hal Jordan. Because everyone knows how I feel about Hal Jordan. He is not the best Lantern to me. Uh, he, he, and I he, don't find him interesting at all sometimes. He commits like one atrocity and you've never let him go for it. No, I didn't like him before. The atrocity made him interesting. <laughs> and then they Fair. retconned it. And then they were like, oh, hey, we've we've made him blameless now. They tried to Godzilla him uh. and like make him the good guy. No, no, he still sucks. He's not interesting. Anyway. That, I know I'm going to get hate for that, but whatever. So, John Stewart is at the helm of this series, which I love. And, and Thorne is a big John Stewart fan and very much wanted to put him back into that position of spotlight. So, we get that here. It's very much a new status quo, though, because these Guardians and the Lanterns aren't in the spot of, like, hey, we're going to police this and that's just what we do. It's kind of them being allowed into a wider universal organization. Uh, they're not really used to that. They're really just used to doing whatever they want so that's interesting and then the Stuart kelly stuff of you know she has a gauntlet that has not been approved they didn't give her this uh she has this there's this mystery behind that they try to take it from her and that fails miserably so there's some cool ideas here and i thought i dug it like i was like this is good i want to see where it goes from here um and hopefully we get some of the other lanterns in the mix but i'm curious kofi what'd you think I'm real simple. I think Green Lantern has been a lot of trash ever since Blackest Night wrapped up. So that's just me. Um, yeah, it, the Green Lantern always goes through these ebbs and flows through me. I loved Green Lantern Rebirth and then the whole Sinestro Corpse War and the lead up to Blackest okay. Night. But um, ever since we got through the Roy G. Biv spectrum and got all these <laughs> different lanterns established, I, I feel like the, the it, it hasn't really. I don't think the series has grasped on a really good central idea anymore. Um, they've just been kind of ping-ponging through different things. They're like, okay, we can't think of a story. Let's get a new interesting lantern in here. And they've done some new interesting lanterns and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I'm still not feeling it. And this one felt, this this felt more like Star Trek by way of Green Lantern. Like, you know, the whole conclave of planets and yeah. the way it's presented in this mysterious young teen lantern. And yeah, I, I mean... It, I don't – what Jeff Johns did to his credit was ground the silliness of Green Lantern in something that was a good metaphor for emotions and, you know, the different roles they play and how important they are and how they can kind of go really bad into something like Blackest Night and come out with something like the White Lantern and all that stuff. Um, but now I guess it's just kind of like comic booky sci-fi stuff and it didn't really grab me. Teen Lantern doesn't really grab me. I'd rather have Jaro than Teen Lantern, you know. Okay, number one, I will take Jaro any damn day of the week because Jaro rules. <laughs> He's awesome. So that is a compliment to me. But I, I agree. I mean, I agree in service, but I'm I'm a little flipped with you actually because I once Blackest Night got about halfway through, it started to lose steam for me because it was like, okay, Quit creating colors. Quit <laughs> creating. I don't need another core. I don't need another. I need to focus on some of the core concepts. And I thought Green Lanterns, which was a series that ran 
for a little bit, which was Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz, essentially became Law and Order Green Lantern, which is really what they are. I mean, they're the police force for the universe. Uh, universe, 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 universe. So you know, it's kind of like I like some of the things we're leaning into here. Like I said, it wasn't like a complete knockout of the park for me because I'm interested to see where they go from here. It needs to move further. Like this can't be where we stay to me for the series to maintain. But Janelle, what do you think? Because you're, I don't know. Do you like Green Lantern? Are you are Gosh. you a fan of that? I tweeted something last night. I said sometimes it's hard not to get frustrated with being a new comic book reader with certain storylines. Two of those are, I talk about this all the time, X-Men. And I don't mean frustrated with the comics. I mean, frustrated with myself that I don't know all of the backstory and all of the lore and the culture, everything about it. And, and the second is Green Lantern because from, you know, I'm someone who obviously I like sci-fi, I like space, I like magic, and it seemed to have all of those elements that I really like, but I couldn't quite follow a lot of it because there was just a lot of information in one book and it felt like you kind of needed to at least be somewhat familiar with, you know, what Green Lanterns are. Like I'm, you're, I'm literally coming from, I've seen the movie. <laughs> like I've seen <laughs> Yo, yeah, Green Lantern yeah. movie. And even in that, I didn't quite understand everything about Green Lantern, but I feel like it's something I could super get into. I love Teen Lantern, like her character. She's got a little sassy attitude and, uh, and I just dig her. So I think that it's really just up to me. And, you know, if anybody else is kind of just trying to jump into this you know, the Green Lantern series, it's up to us to really like get some deep digging, like to really be able to appreciate the story for what it is. Cause I was definitely a little like, I'm like, I'm going to take a break here and go make dinner. <laughs> like, it, you know, it was hard for me to, to be super into it because yeah. I, I didn't quite know the power and, and what it all led to. And I, I hate admitting that I hate admitting I'm newer to comic books and I'm frustrated that I don't know these things because I really want to be like a diehard awesome fan. And I feel like Green Lantern is one of the ones that I could, I could really, really latch onto once I get to know it a little bit more. Well, here's the thing. So one, I like, I love the, like, I want, but like every hardcore long time or whatever, however you want to reference it, comic fan started right there. Yeah. Right? Like it's not like we've all been there. Like I know some people just like like to pretend that they've always been into comics. That's <laughs> the womb. It's like it's not true. <laughs> Get off it. Uh I love but like with a number one issue, especially, its job is to hook you. It's it's to right. hook the new reader as well as the longtime person that's been keeping up with it. So really that's the fault of the book. Like that I mm -hmm. never take that as like, well, I'm just not knowledgeable enough or whatever. That's the book's job. You know, yeah. it's supposed to tell like every issue is someone's first issue. And, and you understand when you're in the middle of a storyline. Yeah, maybe it's like coming in the middle of a TV show. Like, yeah, you probably need context and you're not going to understand some things. But right. especially with the first issue that's supposed to grab not just longtime fans, but new readers. That's its job. So that's its problem. Not yours. OK, you know so I mean? then it didn't hook me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to go read that one unless you know, you're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to keep reading green lantern. <laughs> <laughs> Understand. No, but yeah, I never want like never yeah. feel that way because that's, that's its job. There's, they're supposed yeah. to do that. So yeah. Uh, but that's awesome. But I, but I love that. And I love that even you like the concepts of it and that's I great. Um, so yeah, so that is, that is comics this week. If I was going to recommend anything else, if you do want to read another green lantern book, far sector is so good and it's out and we're almost to the final thing and i might give that to janelle to read like yeah. from beginning to end because that cool. one is totally worth it um but that is also out this week if you want to check out but that's comments all right thank you matt all right that does it for our show just before we get out here we have our quick mention section so uh this week i'm just going to quick mention that uh i watched the hbo max docuseries q into the storm i think i've said Ooh. that before uh, on here, like we're not going to get too crazy political about it. And it's not a political documentary. What it is is just basically a guy who was investigating the QAnon phenomenon when it first started, like back in 2018, and getting to the bottom of like the 4chan, 8chan, and how this all kind of sprung up. And of course, he got more than he bargained for 
by January 6th being the kind of culminating chapter of it. So the whole series is out now on HBO Max, and it's very much worth a lot, uh, worth a watch, I'm sorry, um, to see. Because what it does is it exposes some of the people who were, if they are not Q, and there is, I'll just spoil it, say there is no definitive gotcha like there, this is Q. There's a lot of compelling kind of circumstantial evidence that points to certain conclusions. But, um, and the documentarian does a good job of kind of showing you that and being objective about it. But what it does show you is that a lot of this kind of has, that has blown up into what it is, was propelled by some very just odd to questionable to downright, like just creepy characters. And, and it, it's very sad and infuriating and just bewildering to see that these are the people who got a ball rolling that has resulted in and where we are now. And I think it's worth a watch for everybody to just take that in to make sure, you know, as people are dealing with this or no matter what you believe, just be informed about who these people were that helped propel this along. Cause it's, it's pretty, pretty shaky stuff. So once you start looking into it, so I would recommend watching that. That's me. Then so, O'Connor, you got anything you want to shout out? I've been watching Ginny and Georgia and it's hilarious and great and relevant and awesome on Netflix. <laughs> oh, I got a shout out. Uh, Charlie originally got me watching Mythic Quest in Ted Lasso. I think he works for Apple TV Plus. Oh, Ted Lasso is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I've been yeah. holding out, but now I'm watching Mythic Quest from the from Ron McHale Henry, uh, from the guy who created It's Always Sunny and Ted Lasso. So I'm just doing a double binge on that. I'll give a shout out to uh, all the coverage we're doing for wrestlemania 37 this week we've got a whole team working on it i'm basically never leaving this booth from now through <laughs> next wednesday so keep an eye on it we're, bravo we're doing thank a you lot. for your work <laughs> definitely uh for me i would just say if we're watching the uh, i i lost my mind last week because the law and order svu organized crime crossover happened and i've been waiting for that for so long i've been waiting for stabler to come home and I was so happy, Organized Crime, and both of those shows return, and we're going to get more of that throughout the season. So I think they did a really good job. Of course, if you actually have questions, uh, we'll be taking part in a press conference with some of the cast and uh, crew of that show. So definitely send those to me on Twitter. But uh, yeah, uh, digging that, and uh, that's what I've been doing. We forgot The Walking Dead also. Wow. I'm but. not plugging that. Stop trying to plug the Walking Dead up here. <laughs> the most recent episode is is fabulous. Though. It was the Lucille episode. I haven't even yeah. been interested to watch it. Like, yeah, it's we learned about Negan's good. wife. Great. Then we can go back to his it's trash good. world. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm pro I'm plugging the new Kirkman. That Invincible. That's, that's Invincible's what awesome too. Yeah. All right, but uh, no, I'm just kidding with Janelle. Janelle's in <laughs> the Walking Dead girl. That's how she got into it. Go check out that latest episode. It is a pivotal one for fans. All right. So now that we got everybody's agenda in, we want to thank Roger Barr for coming on with us. We definitely want to thank Karrion Cross and Scarlett for coming on and uh, wish them the best this weekend at NXT TakeOver. This has been Comic Book Nation. We are on your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all that. You can follow us. You see our uh, Twitter handles here. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Matt Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler on Twitch and all the socials. And at Connor Casey underscore CB. I don't know how to point to it. There it is. That's all right. Um, (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. This is Comic Book Nation, and we are out. Bye, guys.